when the clock strikes 12. That Midnight Mania Sports hosted by Austin Takuda and George Hathaway starts right now. Hello and welcome back here to Midnight Mania Sports Season 2, Episode 7. Austin Takuda here again with George Hathaway. George, happy to be back here. Got a big weekend that we just passed through here in the sports world. Lots to talk about. I'm really looking forward to talking about it. We got some big news coming out of you know, all the leagues this week, and and I'm just really looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, I guess we have to start with the NBA Finals. I mean, mm. so there is a lot to, to go through, from especially in the, the busy NFL week we just had, but you have to start with the Finals. I mean, the Heat put up a good fight for what they had, which was an injured Goran Dragic, an injured Bam Adebayo, and Jimmy Butler, I think, really earned a lot of people's respect around the NBA. I really enjoyed this NBA Finals, uh, surprisingly. I know a lot of people really didn't enjoy this game or this series. Uh, like, the ratings were very low. But overall, I thought this was a very interesting NBA Finals. The first time you ever had a five seed in the NBA Finals going up against LeBron James himself. So I thought it was a great matchup wise i know we talked about this a lot earlier mm-hmm. austin matchup wise i thought this was a really good team to be playing against the los angeles lakers and i gotta give it to jimmy butler man he he just yeah. put it all out there he played 258 minutes of the 288 minutes played in six games so he he put it all out there and you can just tell by game six he was just worn out and you can see that in the team itself you know they we're down by 28 at halftime and we've seen the Lakers or we've seen the heat in this situation before where they were down double digits. We saw it in the Eastern conference finals against the Celtics and they came back, but they're playing a different team and it's not the Celtics, it's the Lakers. And you can just tell through all throughout game six that it was just all going towards the Lakers. Yeah. And the guy who played well in the finals was Rajon Rondo Mm -hmm. capturing a second championship there. And Danny green, a guy who really, we, Kind of, I guess, um, we're a little bit harsh on, but I think yeah, we his, his his statistics kind of deserve that, I think. But he gets his third championship. And what impressed me about that is that's his third ring, and that's three different teams that he's gotten those rings with. So, obviously, the Spurs early in his career, over to Toronto with Kawhi, and then now back with L. Now with L.A., I mean, three, three championship rings, three different teams. So, he did play better, I thought, in game six. Still not what you're paying him to do. I mean, you're it's an improvement. So I don't know if you're the Lakers, right? I guess we'll pose this question. I mean, do you bring him back and how do you make sure that this team is still competitive for next season? Because you're getting Dwight Howard, who's going to be another year older. You're going to have Danny Green, who's another year older. And, you know, you know, you're going to probably bring him back yeah. for that money. No. So 15 million. I mean, that's kind of a big number for him. Huge number. And really what, I think it's interesting because Anthony Davis is also a free agent. He has a player option this year. So that's going to be something really interesting to look out for because he said in the press conference that he wasn't 100% sure what his decision is going to be. That could be strategic, mm-hmm. maybe so the Lakers can give him some more money to kind of bring him back over. But I don't see right. Anthony Davis leaving the Lakers at all. I mean, he's a big reason why this team had the success that they have. Yeah, and as I mentioned, Rondo's a guy who won that mm-hmm. second championship. And I saw something interesting say on Twitter. Um, Basketball Reference has, I guess, a ranking of all like the current players in their Hall of Fame probability. So right now you have LeBron, CP3, 
and Durant at like a thousand percent, like a hundred percent gonna, you know, get in. You have Rondo at 17th amongst active players at a 60% possibility of getting in. So I guess, you know, you pose a question, will Rondo be a basketball hall of famer? He will. I mean, just look at his numbers. He's probably one of the best passers in the NBA we've seen since John Stockton. He is the only NBA player in history to win a championship with the Celtics and with the Los Angeles Lakers. So really, I think Rondo is probably going in the Hall of Fame. I at 60%, I'd give him more like 80%. Mm-hmm. He, he, I mean, his numbers don't lie. He, has, he had 105 assists in the uh, NBA playoffs coming off the bench. Mono Ginobili did that, I think, in 26 or like 2012, 2013, and he had 95 assists coming off the bench. So Rondo absolutely is a difference maker on the court when he's there. Yeah, and it's interesting you stay Stockton because that's a guy who, you know, his numbers are pretty close to. Um, mm. Rondo on his career averaging 10 points, 8 assists. Stockton averaged 13 and 10. Uh, their steals, Stockton averaged about 2.2 steals a game. Rondo with 1.7 mm. steals per game. So two guys who are, you know, similar statistically. I think Rondo's going to need a couple more decent years and maybe another championship to get in. I think he's close. Um, uh, just going to be hard because I think right now it's they vote so based on the statistics that unless Rondo's career numbers are, I guess, a little bit improved, I don't know if he'll make it in there. But we did have a little discussion about mm. Stockton, and we can go into that if you want to now. I, I'm down for it. We I think John Stockton's a top five uh, point guard in NBA history. You took the glasses off for this one, Austin. Oh, we're getting serious. Oh, so um, you can pull up all the yeah, numbers. I, mean, I know you think Stockton's. Well, I, I'm not gonna dive deep, but I think he's a he's a Hall of Fame point guard, obviously, mm-hmm. and he's a, you know one of the best all time. But top five when he averaged 13 and 10, and you have guys like Curry who have career averages over 20 points a game, CP3 with incredible career numbers, obviously Magic, Oscar Robertson. I mean, these guys aren't. I mean, Stockton's definitely a top 10 point guard of all time. I just don't think he's top five. That's only that's only disagreement I have really with that. Because, I mean, first, you look at CP3's numbers on his career. 18.5 points per game, 9.5 assists, and 2.2 steals. So the steals are even. Defensively, they're a wash. But CP3 is just so much better offensively. And his assists aren't that far off. If he's a guy who needs to, he can average 10 assists a game. So I think CP3 is better than Stockton. Um, he's but obviously look at CP3, that though. championship. Of course. I mean, but look at CP3. Who... CP3 was a number one option for most of his teams. Mm. If you look at it, like, all right, you have the I mean, Hornets. He was a number one option at the same when, time, though. Yeah, the Hornets where he was, there's nobody there. And then you, he went to LA the, for the Clippers. There's nobody there either. I mean, he had Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. That was pretty much it. But other than that, I don't think Maybe that's... Blake was a number one option. I mean, Blake, yeah, I guess Blake was number one option, but there's CP3 too. And I thought that's, and then. But the thing is, though, that's the thing is they tried to move CP3 to the Lakers where he wouldn't have the number one option where Kobe would have been. So he kind of missed out on getting to see that. And then with anyways with Houston, Harden was the number one. I mean, now in OKC, I I think Shy is probably the number one where they kind of split it up evenly, but. I think like I think the difference is that CP3 is capable of being the number one scoring option, but I don't think Stockton was. 
I don't think John Stockton could have been John, no, because he had Carl Malone, an MVP. He had an MVP, Carl Malone. Um, well, yeah, obviously playing with Malone, I mean, Malone is one of the best all time. But as a, that's the thing. If you take Malone out of the equation and you need Stockton to score, I don't think Stockton can score 20 a game. That's why he's only, you know, his career average is around 13. He never averaged over 20 points per game in a season. So not to spend too much time on it. I mean, we're not going to. Like I said, I, I agree he's a top 10. I just think Curry, CP3, Magic, Oscar Robertson, all Curry. better than him. Uh, Man, I mean, Curry's got the, the, the stats. He's got the championships. He's got everything. Jason doesn't King, have, He doesn't Nash. have finals MVP, though. Yeah, but that's kind of an award that, like, a guy can get hot in a series and win. Like, uh, if Steph won, he could have scored 40 a game in the finals. That's the thing. Like, if, he, if he wanted to, he really could I'll meet you 40. halfway. I'll give him top seven. Okay. Top seven, I can settle for. I can okay. settle for that. All right. Well, moving, I guess, moving out of the NBA realm of even past NBA. I'm glad we can agree on something. We have to go to the, the NFL, and I don't think it's fair to start anywhere else with the, I mean, to be honest, heartbreaking news. I mean, even though I'm not a Cowboys fan, it's, you don't want to see it. I mean, it's like in any sport, it's similar to when Gordon Hayward went down, Dak Prescott with the season ending. Um, compound fracture in his mm. ankle. Uh, if you didn't see the injury, I don't recommend you go no. see it. I mean, it's just, it's a brutal injury, um, but it's something you never want to see, no matter who you're a fan of. So Andy Dalton did look good in his, in his uh, replacement. He made a couple good throws, but that's just a tough break. And it's a horrible thing to see. You never want to see that at all. It was, it was absolutely devastating. Um, I was watching the game a little bit, and I, I just only got to watch that one part of the game when Dak went down, and I almost cried. Like I was like, wow. Like, it was just heartbreaking to see because Dak, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL uh, right now, you know, before prior to this injury. And really, I don't think he'll ever be the same quarterback coming yeah. back from this. It's hard to say, but – I mean, the only other guy, I know Connor Barwin, the um, former mm-hmm. uh, outside linebacker who played a few years with the Texans, he had a very similar injury. He tweeted at Dak and said, hey, this happened to me, but he had a good surgery. And he came back, and he was, you know, he wasn't the same. He wasn't the same, you know, 10 sacks Connor Barwin, but he was still able to play a few more years and had a solid career. So, you know, you look at him, and there's hope. But at the same time, you look at, I think Haywards was more severe um you know where it happened on his leg but it was similar in the fact that it was such a gruesome injury and it's hard especially in the game of football in that position I think like if he's playing tight end you know let's be honest he might be able to you know you might not be at 100 percent, but you can probably still make a few more years out of yourself same thing with linebacker or a lot of other positions but receiver running back and quarterback I mean those are positions where if you have a gruesome leg injury it is incredibly hard to come back at 50 percent so I don't want to speculate they'll never be back as mm. good, but you have to think, you know, it's to come back from something like that. I think Dak's a guy who's incredibly determined and, you know, he's been through a lot already. So this might be, yes. if there's a guy it's going to happen to and they're going to come back, it'd be Dak Prescott. You know, there's not many guys that I'd say that about, but I think Dak really is one of the toughest competitors and really just hardest workers as we've seen, you know, not even a first round pick and still managed to have such a good career so far. Yeah. And that it's just like, and Dak's a mobile quarterback as well. So with him, mm-hmm. you know, 
he won't be the same mobile quarterback that he is now. He, he might be a pocket passer now instead of right. more mobile. And I, I don't know. I think Jerry Jones, he had his opportunity to pay his quarterback and he missed that window. And now here we are with talking about Dak with a season ending injury four to six months. Now he's going to be gone. And I don't know. I think, I think Jerry Jones kind of messed up there. He probably should have paid Dak that money. And hypothetically that we, we don't know what would happen uh, if the same injury would still occur, but still, I think that that kind of, I feel bad for Dak and he should have gotten his money when he deserved it because he was one of the best QBs. I mean, he led the league in yards last year or second in the league with yards and touchdowns and everything like that. So he deserved it last year going into this season, but I just hope he gets better soon, gets well, healthy, and uh, hopefully we can see him back on the field, you know, next season, healthy and looking like good old Dak. Dak's probably not going to get that contract until he comes back and proves himself. Um, but if you're Jerry Jones, it's, it's kind of a it's even a tough situation. You know, you obviously you don't commit now that much money to your franchise quarterback because he just broke his leg. Um, but it doesn't look bad that you won't commit and then it's like, oh, we got an injury, tough. But he did make a decent chunk of money this year, I believe. So um, it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, like I said, you hard to count him out, but in a position of quarterback, it's in- incredibly tough to come back from. But um, there's no, you know, some injuries, like, oh, there's a silver lining. You get to see kind of another guy step up. There's no silver mm-hmm. lining in this one. And I know, no. I think it was Tony Dungy said, oh, there's a, there's a silver lining here. You, you know, they have to go back to the running game. There's not. I mean, no. some injuries, like mild injuries, you know, if a guy like strains his hamstring, it's like, oh, well, you know what? He gets two weeks of rest and they get to play a young player. That's not the situation here at all. You know what I mean? That's a gruesome injury. There's no, like Tony Dungy had said that. I mean, I was like, really? There's no silver lining. Did you hear what Tony Romo said? He, he was saying how, um, yeah, yeah. That, it was just, that was kind of embarrassing. He said he was hoping it was just a cramp. I don't know if he had the camera angle, but. It definitely yeah. wasn't a cramp, Tony. No, but I mean, yeah, it, it's it's tough. But like I said, I think the best thing for the Cowboys, obviously, is to go back to the run game with Zeke. I mean, not that they got away from it, but they're going to have to. I think the thing that's going to be tough for Zeke now is teams are going to say, well, until Andy Dalton can show that he can beat us, they're just going to put seven guys in the box and say, beat us with the run, and they won't be able to. So it's going to be tough for the Cowboys. But they did pull out a win, and they did – moving to first place in the division. Um, yes. sort of like thanks to the Eagles just not being able to win a game, really. I mean, they had one, they squeaked out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's a, that's a tight division. But it was a it was a tough injury. And I know people are going to talk about it for a while. But um be a lot of rehab for Dak. And you got to mm-hmm. be confident that he will play again. We saw Alex Smith, you know. In other news, we did see Alex Smith back yeah. on the field for the first time since 2018 after that leg injury where he thought he was going to lose his leg I mean what a incredible comeback story that is I don't know if Alex Smith will be the starter but it was good to see him back on the field for at least an NFL game even if it was just you know one half football I think that was a great moment there I like to see him back out in the field and it looked like you know his leg was strong it was um and he and he played phenomenal as well uh not like the old Alex Smith, of course. Or that's an injury that you know you, that will change you. But I believe somebody—I I don't know who said it—but they said something about his leg being like super strong now. 
that it was like made of steel or something and and he looks healthy and he looks happy that he's playing again right i mean that's i don't know what they're gonna do in washington i heard or i saw reports that they're looking to trade Dwayne haskins who was their first round pick last season they have kyle allen who was the number two who ended up starting this week and then smith was his backup so we'll see who ron rivera elects to go with smith though appears healthy and appears like he can be a starting quarterback uh, for the Redskins, or sorry, the Washington football team, um, now that he's you know, back up to full health. That'll be an adjustment, too, with the team name I keep forgetting. I mean, there's not many not many headlines from the Washington football team, so. No, there's not. Like I the think Chargers Alex Smith. To LA. Yeah, I think Alex Smith is probably the only headline there, the only good one coming from the Washington football team, and then Austin, unfortunately, though, not another week of Patriots football, though. You know, another COVID test positive in the Patriots organization or a late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. So that game had to be canceled or postponed rather to the Patriots bye week, which is next week. Yeah, I can't say I'm surprised. Um, mm-hmm. I'm disappointed, but um, it, it's it's kind of I was expecting, you know what I mean? I mean, you know. Gilmore tested positive. And once he did, I was like, there has to be more than just him. Right. Um, the Titans are still having trouble, but they're supposed to play tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, which that seems like the plan. It seems like they're going to. So we'll have to see if that game happens. Um, for the Patriots, they now have a bye week, but now have to – I mean, I don't. they can't really take the week off because then in your right. typical bye week, you'll have the week off, but then the week after you're practicing for a game. So – this week that they just had would be their bye week, but they practice, mm-hmm. so they're not really getting a rest. You know what I mean? So I don't know right. if Bill's going to give them. I can see him giving a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off because they were still preparing for the Broncos already. Um, but the guys might have a few days off, but they're going to have to practice Thursday, Friday, so they don't want to just come in to a game on Sunday without practicing. So I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but they're definitely not going to get the rest that they would have had if it was their normal bye week, which is kind of a not a good job by the NFL. Just any of these games that should have been put to a week 18. You know what I mean? Like just put it to the back end, push the playoffs back. Like, I'm sorry about your Super Bowl getting moved, but nothing else is happening in the world. You could have done it. You know what I mean? Just you you could have thrown it back a week, could have pushed everything else back. And then the Super Bowl gets pushed back. Not like anything else is booked at the stadium. You can't have anything. I don't know anybody planning events for 2021 yet. So it's just a poor job by Roger Goodell. I mean, I think he needs to have a conference call with Adam Silver figure things out Oh, for sure and you know i kind of went off on twitter about roger goodell after the positive test uh in the new england patriots organization kind of came out and broke news but he forced the patriots to play during that incubation period when Mm -hmm. cam newton first got sick or got tested positive so really he made them play on a monday night two three days after the game or after he tested positive. So really uh, who knows who could have had it. And we found out Stefan Gilmore later had it and he was with Mahomes and everybody freaked out about that because that's the NFL's, you know, face of the organization with Patrick Mahomes. So everyone was scared about that. And, and then now we have another positive test in the pages organization. So really I blame Goodell for that because he should have taken better control should have been just like you said, Austin, you know, push it to a week 18, week 19 games. And then really you end up having the Super Bowl in March. 
then that so be it, right? Nothing else is happening. You got right. March Madness and the Super Bowl all in one month. Like I would be so hyped for that to have something like that. And I would be very excited to have a Super Bowl in March and March Madness as well. So there's nothing wrong with that. Or even do something like this where you take two weeks off and you know you stop play for two weeks, have make sure everybody's healthy and fine, and then resume play again. Yeah, um, it's just like and the problem with football too is they're not in the bubble, which is the toughest mm-hmm. thing. Like MLB wasn't really in the bubble; they had a couple of outbreaks, but their games obviously the guys aren't really interacting with the other team as much, so you're not really as nobody's tackling each other. Right. You know what I mean? Guys aren't like face to face on the ground. Um, and they were able to restructure things because of double headers. Obviously, the NFL can't do double headers, but like you said, you, I mean, you just had to. There was other ways to handle it, and I don't know that Goodell handled it the best way. And there's fans too in NFL stadiums. I mean, right. I was watching the Cowboys game yesterday. Places like almost full, and not really, but I mean, it still looked pretty big, you know, pretty packed. And in baseball, that didn't happen either. I feel like the NFL is going to go through that same thing that the MLB did, where they had yeah. that little, you know upward curve of positive tests and then everything started to go back down once they figured it out but i don't see any planning process coming from roger goodell here you know what's the next step if in order for this to happen look at the tennessee titans in 15 days there's 23 players and staff members who tested positive and that was due because they weren't following the protocols they actually had off-site practices you know, they weren't, yeah. um, you know, they weren't at the stadium practicing or the practice. So they're at a high school practicing on their football field. So they broke protocol. And now I think what they have to do is face the consequences of this because they're jeopardizing the season for all the other players and the health of players and their families. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just so hard, like you said, because you're really, you're really jeopardizing these guys' health in the long run because we, we don't know. I mean, this disease is still so new. I mean, we say, oh, it's been nine months, but that's really mm-hmm. not a long time when you when you think about it because nobody knows the long-term effects of it. You know, Eduardo Rodriguez now has a heart issue because of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a pre-existing condition, and this probably exposed it, but there's there could be long-term effects that we don't know about. So, I mean, you're really – you're asking guys to play a game for our entertainment, which, yeah, it's their job to make money, but right. it's not their job to work in unsafe conditions. Mm-hmm. I don't go to work or you don't go to work, you know, in conditions where you don't have to wear a mask and you feel unsafe. These guys might not feel unsafe. And it kind of shows that Dante Hightower was you know, not, you know, I guess right's not the right, right word, but um, had valid concerns. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the other guys of the NFL season, their concerns are validated, and it clearly shows that as we've seen these other guys um, getting COVID or getting exposed. So Hightower definitely had valid concerns for opting out. Yeah, I think it was the right thing to do by these players that did opt out because, like you said, Austin, we don't know the severity of this. We don't know the long-term effects of this. And football is definitely one of those high-risk sports because you are tackling other people you're on top of them you're close contact when if you're at the line of scrimmage you're face to face with somebody breathing on them so we really don't know those long-term effects or what it could do and what's scary about it is if people are asymptomatic and you don't know who's around you who might have it because they don't feel anything so i think what the nfl just needs to do is 
really kind of crack down and sit down with owners and and league staff, doctors, everybody like that to really discuss this and say, you know, what should we do about this and how can we do better? Yeah. I mean, we still have, I mean, the NFL season, it's like, it's only Just 16 begun. games, yeah. but that's the thing is, is we're only in week five, really. Um, so we're only a third of the way done. And this is all, I mean, I don't want to predict the future, but let's just say I'm not super optimistic about the rest of the season. And so. it's during flu season in the cold months right. too. So that's, you know, just exposing it even more. Yeah. Well, in NFL news, and we can go through some of the other games this weekend, see kind of anything that shocked us. I'd say my biggest surprise um, from this weekend would have to be the Raiders beating the Chiefs 40 to 32. I knew the Raiders were a solid team. And, uh, Derek Carr actually played pretty well. 347 passing yards, three touchdowns. I mean, Carr has never been a stud quarterback or being like, oh, man, that guy's a franchise. Like, you know what I mean? You see some mm -hmm. teams you look at, obviously, Brady his whole career. Even, you know, obviously, Peyton Brady. Even Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers. They're like, oh, man, that guy's a franchise. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he's been with this team for 15 years or whatever it might be. I don't – a lot of people didn't look at Derek Carr like that. They looked at him more of a – um, Andy Dalton or Marcus Mariota mm -hmm. guys who are going to spend you know five to ten years with the team but never be the guy but he's been pretty solid this season um, and has led his team to a three and two record so the, the Raiders have been pleasantly surprising and that was a huge win for them against the Chiefs that was a big win I thought the Raiders played really well against a very tough Chiefs team and I also feel like that the Patriots kind of exposed them last week of some of their weaknesses and throughout that game up until like the final few minutes of the fourth quarter. So I think the Raiders kind of took advantage of that. And they also have a healthy team that went in there as well. And I'm saying, I'm not saying that if the Patriots were all healthy, that they would beat the chiefs, but the Raiders were the team to do it. They've been playing really well all season long. And this is going to be a very, Tough division, I feel like, between these two teams to see who will kind of get that top spot in the AFC West. Absolutely. And then another game that was pretty impressive to me was the Browns moving to four and one. I mean, last year people said, hey, Cleveland. But then after Baker played so terribly, it was like, uh, eh, Cleveland's not what we thought they were going to be. Mm. Um, but, you know, now they're just – they're looking better again. Baker did throw two picks. One of them wasn't really – his fault he got hit mm. and it was kind of tipped and stuff but yeah Odell looks pretty mm -hmm. good Landry looks good and everything's kind of clicking for him and they're four and one after went over the Colts yeah I thought Baker Mayfield played pretty well this game 247 yards passing not bad and even Odell was getting in the mix as well I mean between Baker Mayfield and Odell he's been playing Odell's been playing everywhere this season you see him at cornerback sometimes running back QB there's pretty much throwing them wherever. And I thought this Browns team legitimately has a chance of at least making the playoffs in the AFC because mm -hmm. right now the AFC is really all over the place. It's kind of like right. bottoms up. It's flipped. You know, the Patriots aren't at top of the AFC anymore. It's the Chiefs. You have the Raiders, Steelers, you know, Bills as well. So you have these teams that you would never expect a year ago to be atop the AFC and now here you have the Browns just coming in and 
bulldozing their way through and surprising everybody. Even me. I never thought the Browns would be in a situation where Baker Mayfield would be having a good season. So they're really surprising me and and I think everyone else. Yeah, and the thing too is um, what I didn't realize uh, until about the start of the season was the NFL added another wild card team in each league. Mm-hmm. So now seven teams make the playoffs in each conference. So if the season ended today, you'd have the division leaders of the Titans, the Steelers, the Bills, and the Chiefs would be the other division leader, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, so then you have the Ravens, Colts, Browns as your wild card. So you have a, a pretty solid group in the AFC. The Patriots wouldn't be in the playoffs, but I don't think the Colts will hold up to what they've been. You know what I mean? I mean, they're not, no, they wouldn't they're not as dominant. I mean, Rivers, Rivers is just not that good anymore. He never was like a stud, but he was better than he is this year. And he's kind of showing that they don't have um, as great of a core that they did. You know, before they don't have that like T.Y. Andrew Hilton's Luck. past his yeah. prime, right? Lucky had Hilton when Hilton was in his prime. Now Hilton's post his prime. And you're trying to find a number two receiver. So that team, I think they'll be solid. But they, the Patriots, should be able to catch them. But it's a huge game against the Broncos as long as they can get kind of healthy and really get the game plan going. I look, I look for Damian Harris next week to kind of help the Patriots solidify that running game even further and you know work their way towards one of those wild card spots. Austin, one game that kind of surprised me, one of my hot picks or bold takes last week was the Falcons winning a game, finally mm-hmm. winning against the Panthers. And unfortunately, they they are now 0-5. And they lost to the Carolina Panthers 23-16. to And in wake of this loss, they fired Dan Quinn. They've been kind of clearing this office and trying to do something with it. Now... This, I thought this Falcons team was going to be good this year. You had Julio Jones, Todd Gurley, Matt Ryan, three pl- names that if you hear around the NFL on one team, you're going to be like, this team must be pretty good. But no, right. they're 0-5 and they're playing terribly. I mean, Matt Ryan, 226 yards, one interception. Todd Gurley, 120 yards, one touchdown. So, And that with Julio Hurt as well, I think that's really affecting the Falcons too. He didn't play. Calvin Ridley is the second option for you for the Falcons. So it's going to, they're going to be in the rebuilding stages. And I think this might be a season where the Falcons are going to be kind of that team that you don't really kind of watch, or if you're an opposing team that you're really going to prepare for. Yeah. um, The Falcons, man, I mean, they, since that 28 to three collapse, they just have just gone on a a straight line down. Just a decline. And then now they've hit rock bottom. And I mean, I I thought that this weekend could have been a point where it's like, okay, now we got to turn it around, but they didn't have a choice. I think Dan Quinn's a good defensive coordinator. He showed that in Seattle because he had Mm -hmm. such a good team there, but he's just not a head coach. And that kind of, yeah, he led them to a Super Bowl, but I think his response and, um inability to kind of help that team yeah so i think the falcons really are just i don't know why i picked them i really had hope that they would beat the panthers because the panthers are still on the pretty much the same boat as the falcons just with a head coach um so i was disappointed in that one i really wanted the falcons to win too yeah i mean i understand picking them but teddy bridgewater has been showing that he's 
deserving of that contract and may be able to lead the Panthers into the playoffs. I mean, he's been pretty good this season, even without Christian McCaffrey. I like Teddy Bridgewater. I liked him when he was in Minnesota, even when he was down in New Orleans as well. And now with Carolina, I think he's he's a great quarter. He's a good quarterback. He's not great, but he's, he's a team. He's a player that you can lead with your team and you can trust him, you know, driving the offense down the field. And that's why I think Teddy Bridgewater definitely is up there for probably the top 15 QB in the NFL right now, I'd say. I know that's a fair, that's a fair point. I think Bridgewater is, if we went team by team, you could make a case, I think for him to be better than a lot of guys. I mean, just off the top, I think he's better than anyone the Jets put out there. I think he's better than Wentz. I think he's better than Fitzpatrick long-term, better than Garoppolo, better than anyone Washington puts out there. I mean, Garoppolo was so bad he got benched this week, and they lost 43-17 to 17 to the Dolphins. That's the Dolphins. That's something the we – The Dolphins put up 43 on the 49ers. Fitzmagic had himself a day. I mean, Garoppolo, 7 for 17, 77 yards, two picks, and got benched. And they said it was precautionary to protect Jim, Jimmy G. Precautionary? Yeah. This I mean, just goes to show you, though. going to lose, man. This goes to show you, anybody who comes out of New England – is not the same player at all. Yeah. And Except for Tom, Tom Brady. Yeah, and Tom Brady, I think, might be an only exception here, but it's still early to tell. But Jimmy G, man, has not yeah, been the same. Yeah, was... he, had, he had a good season last year, led him to the Super Bowl, and then ends up getting embarrassed by the Chiefs. But still, I thought yeah, right. maybe Jimmy G could be, you know, that guy who breaks this trend. But no, he doesn't. He gets benched because, yeah, it might have to do with his injury, but he still had an injury in New England. And, you know, then he went to San Francisco, and I think he's still – I'd take him over some other QBs in the NFL for sure. Yeah, the thing, the thing too, is I mean, you, have, you have a 49ers team who made the playoffs last year and went all the way to the Super Bowl and looked like for a second they were going to win the Super Bowl. And now <laughs> to come back and be two and three with – I would say Garoppolo with an injury this year, but to just be Nick that. Bosa too. But you would never see Brady ever have a game where he's that bad. You'd never see Mahomes. You'd never see any of these guys. Even when even when Joe Flacco led his team to a Super Bowl, he knew he'd never have a game where he'd be benched even in a couple in like the next couple of years. And for Garoppolo, only what, six games later to just be so bad that he got benched has to be really concerning for for Niner fans. And another thing to, you know, go over one more thing here in the NFL, the Seahawks with an impressive comeback mm-hmm. on Sunday night football last night, 27-26 over the Minnesota Vikings, Russell Wilson helping his team score all 27 points in the second half. I mean, tough game for the Vikings. Dalvin Cook gets hurt. Alexander Madison, though, came right in and ran 20 times for 112 yards. For Seattle, I mean, looking like the division favorite, but Russell Wilson, I think, continuing his case for MVP. I really like Russell Wilson. He can really play at an elite level. Um, he's probably top three right now. I, he's probably number one right now in the NFL, in my opinion, of where he ranks as mm-hmm. QB. It was a very close game. I thought that fourth and 10 right there at the end of the game to DK Metcalf was phenomenal. A great play overall by Wilson and the Seahawks. So 
he's I think he's gonna win MVP. He's gonna he's gonna have a good year. I like this Seahawks team. I think they're gonna be a favorites to go out of the NFC into the Super Bowl, in my opinion. So and DK Metcalf, it's kind of it's crazy that Nikhil Harry got picked over DK Metcalf. Yeah. I mean, it's another another pick by the Patriots that you're kind of like, really? We drafted this guy over somebody else who's available? Mm-hmm. Same thing when we took Tony Michelle um, over the guys like Alvin Kamara and other talent in that draft. I mean, I, I have to go back and look, but I just remember kind of being like, oh, Michelle, I mean, he was a safe pick, to be honest. He was like, all right, this guy, yeah. we know what he can get. I mean, he's not bad, but they, they've drafted him over other talent, like I mentioned, and then you have, like you said, you, you're taking Harry over Metcalf. It's like, uh, I mean, Metcalf, we don't know how legitimate Metcalf's going to be as an NFL receiver because he's just this big dude, right? But right. then, I mean, he was impressed about the combine, and the Seahawks were like, I mean, we're going to take him. And, I, I mean, I would have loved to see him here in New England. I think he would have been really good. Um, but Harry's Harry's still got a chance. He might, might look at it, you know, two years down the road now and say, oh, Harry is just as good as Metcalf, but right. Metcalf developed so much quicker that it's going to be kind of like, God, oh, man, I wish we had Metcalf. I was going to say, next, looking at next week, do we have any bold predictions for the uh, next yeah. week, week six games? No, I might as well just get these. So I'm never right. I come close occasionally, but these are just like, I think they're called bold for a reason. I mean, I used to watch yeah, NFL no, Red Zone growing up, and I never saw Akbar or Adam Rank ever be right with their bold predictions, really. I mean, they had Adam on the show a few months ago, and yes. he had a he had a prediction. Last year, he predicted the 49ers top win. I, I talked to him about that, and I was like, yeah, Adam, I mean, <laughs> he, he mentioned how people just are unforgiving on Twitter about that. I mean, at least I'm not predicting that yet, but you got to take some <laughs> shots here on, on bold predictions. Man, there's some good games. I mean, you got the, my, my game to watch would be the Browns and Steelers. You have the Browns at 4-1, and one, Pittsburgh at 4-0. and oh. That game could mm. end up helping decide the division winner later on in the season, depending on how good these teams play. Oh, some tough games. But we have two Monday night games. I mean, I didn't realize the Chiefs and Bills get rescheduled to 5 o'clock on next Monday. 5 o'clock Monday night football might be the best thing ever. And then especially fantasy-wise, next Monday is going to be the best day ever. I got Diggs and uh, Josh Allen on Monday at 5. Then Zeke playing at 8.15. Like, I'm going to be down by about 100 points on Monday, but, like, <laughs> I might be able to put up 100 with those guys. So, I won't be out of it. The Eagles are seven and a half point underdogs against the Ravens. That's a, I'm not going to bet on the Eagles. They're terrible. <laughs> no, I wouldn't um, either. New England's nine point favorites. That's the only other really big differential. Every other game is pretty pretty close, but. I mean, they have Indy, uh, seven and a half. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to pick Burrow, but he, I bet on him this week. and Not really bet, but I had him as my bold prediction. He kind of didn't perform as well as I thought he would, but. Vikings are three and a half point favorites. I think the Falcons are going to beat them by two touchdowns. Okay. I, I, I was looking at that game and I was going to say the same thing as well, but since you picked it, I'm going to go with the Bengals beating the Colts then. Bengals beating the Colts. Joey B, Joe Burrow. I mean, he's been pretty good. We got to mention him and his, his talent early on. Do you think he ends up carving out a legitimate NFL career, a lengthy one? Lengthy, yes. Now, do I see him having a lot of success? Probably not, no. I don't think Joe Burrow will have 
the amount of success he would have if he was on a more well-established team. Yeah, you have A.J. Green as your receiver. But other than that, I don't know who else is really in Cincinnati that can help Joe Burrow's career and kind of jumpstart it a little bit. I think whoever goes like top three in the NFL, your career is either going to be really good that where they build a team around you or it's just going to be terrible. And for Joe Burrow, if he wants to really succeed, he has to get out of Cincinnati, in my opinion. Ooh, really? It's only yeah. been five games. You think if for Burrow to succeed, he has to leave Cincinnati? I think so. I don't. I mean, yeah, they, they I don't have actually heard that them. take before. They're not the first mm. person who said that. Yeah, I mean, they did. They do have Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, and T. Higgins. I like those. And then one other thing too with the Bengals is they never built around Carson Palmer when he was there, mm-hmm. or Andy Dalton. Even though those guys really weren't friends, they were both high picks. I mean, I know Palmer was. And is Burrow really good? I mean, you have new coaching staffs. Obviously, since then you have new front office members and it is a different organization, but this is the, this is their, you know, you can't blow this one really. I mean, if you're the Bengals, you can't mess this one up. No, you can't. And that's why I said, if he was going to be successful, he either has to have a team around him. I mean, otherwise besides Burrow. Yeah. And I mean, otherwise besides Burrow, rookie quarterbacks, Justin Herbert playing the the saints on tonight, a big game for him to try to go ahead and outlast Drew Brees in this one. And then you have Tua Tagovailoa, who's, Still backing up Fitzpatrick. I mean, Fitzpatrick's out there just crushing it. So I don't think two is going to be in anytime soon. Then Jordan Love, obviously behind Aaron Rodgers, which might be a few more years before Love gets to see the field. So Burrow really getting first dibs and Herbert at, you know, getting to AS1 Rookie of the Year, kind of making their cases early on. But I'm so happy, Austin, that the Yankees are not in the postseason. I was I I said it too on this show that the Rays were going to beat the Yankees, and I was just yep. ecstatic. I was rooting for them, and they're up two zero right now against the Astros. You know, two zero series lead. So, Good. yeah, I think everybody's happy about that. You know, you beat the Yankees and the Astros in the single postseason. They're definitely going to be some fan favorites here going into the World Series. Yeah, the the Rays are such an easy team to root for. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Group of guys that you don't look at the team, man. Who's the this is a superstar here? There's not necessarily a superstar on the team. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of guys who have incredible team chemistry. Blake Snell's probably the number one player on the team that they're left-handed pitching, number one ace, and then Morton. Mm-hmm. And the Astros, man, they gotta they gotta figure something out. They already had they already pitched McCullers, so mm-hmm. you're one of your better pitches out of the way. Now you're gonna have to win some games here. And going back to the whole Rays Yankees, what you know it's crazy to me. In the last 20 years, the Yankees have spent $4 billion on players and only have one World Series win. Imagine how embarrassing that is. You could practically pay off half of our U.S. debt or like a quarter of it uh, in the amount of players. I mean, and you get one World Series ring? That's just embarrassing to me. You know, you're yeah, the I mean, evil empire. And Yankees fans love to brag about all the champions if they won before. It's like, yeah. You wouldn't have the championships when the guys were hitting with wooden bats the size of, you know, Shaq. And and you haven't done the thing that's, like you said, it's embarrassing. It's like, well, we already have that many championships. Why do we need another? It's like, well, you spend a billion dollars in the last 20 years. You'd think it'd get you more than one title. 
you know, the Red Sox, it's it's kind of a relevant stance. Like, congrats on all the accomplishments. And the same can be kind of said for the Celtics to a degree. It's right. like, I mean, you have won in 2008, but eh, you didn't do much since the 80s. So right. it's kind of like, in a way, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, the, not to, like Celtics haven't spent a billion dollars. I mean, they had a rebuild period. But the Yankees have never rebuilt. They just keep spending and spending and spending. So I mean, it's just kind of... It's it's just embarrassing, like you said. They they're expected to be better. They have Goldilocks and Garrett Cole at the pitching mound. Spent, you know, like over three hundred million dollars on him to be their ace to close out games like this. Luke Voigt, what did what did he say? He goes, "Oh, we're going to use him in uh, the postseason." Well, guess what, buddy? That didn't last too long. No. John Carlos Stanton, how is that going? You know, I thought you're going to have two home run hitters with both of them, but they can't produce anything on offense. They're going to have to figure something out. Obviously, Brian Cashman, the GM, has been there forever, and he mm-hmm. won't get fired, I don't think, at any point. But Aaron Boone might not last. And I mean, this might be, this could be his last season. I don't know exactly where um, the, the ownership stands with Boone, but there's a lot of, lot of fans that say, you know, this is mm. the guy to lead this team. And I kind of agree. I mean, he hasn't managed the bullpen well. He hasn't gotten the most out of that team. Like, how can you have – such a good team on paper. I know injuries, but you're getting the postseason healthy and you're just not doing anything. And this was the year too, a 60 game season. And you had pretty much opportunities for anybody to be in the postseason. That's why we saw the Marlins in there as well. But the Yankees had every opportunity. This was going to be their year. You know, regardless, this is supposed to be their comeback season against the Astros and the Dodgers, but they, they blew it. And Aaron Boone, I don't see him lasting. I know a lot of people are saying how much they miss Joe Girardi, that they want him back there, but I don't see that happening, Austin. He's with your Philadelphia Phillies, so lots of success hopefully coming that way. We hope. I don't know <laughs> how much they'll spend. I did see something on Twitter about how Free agent catcher JT Realmuto, the guy who's been with the Phillies the last two years, the I guess I don't see much debate about it. He's the best catcher in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, somebody had mentioned that he is searching for a deal near two hundred million dollars. Yeah, I mean he Whoa. wants something. He's he wants something in the area of probably seven years at thirty million a year or twenty upper twenties, and it's he's a catcher. He's probably not going to get that, but. No. As much as I keep saying, I don't want – I mean, if, if the Phillies let him walk, I'll be livid. But if he wants that much money and somebody's going to give it to him, I'm okay with the Phillies letting him walk because that that's not a, a contract a catcher should be getting. Not Look at, at Buster Posey. Buster Posey should be the kind of the, the roadmap for what a catcher should get contract-wise. And even you're seeing him, he kind of faltered out a couple seasons earlier than people expected. Same thing with Yadi Molina. Yadi um, – not the same offensively, but unless he's going to be the best defensive catcher, which JT's up there, you still you can't pay him that much money. I mean, it's it's an interesting scenario. Um, but uh, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what the Phillies are going to do. I don't, I don't want to think about it. I just get nervous because I know their owner doesn't want to spend money. But the MLB is such an interesting sport because you, like you said, with the Yankees, I mean, you can it's unlike any other sport. You can just go out and say, okay. Here's $100 million to make our team better. There's no salary cap, and we'll just do it. So money can win in the MLB. And But clearly it hasn't in the last 20 years. Yeah, no. 
the Rays are showing why it doesn't really always take money to win. I mean, George, any any final thoughts for today's episode of Midnight Mania Sports here before we wrap things up? I want the Rays to keep crushing it in the uh, postseason. Want them to go to the World Series. Hopefully, I'm pretty sure they will. You know, beat the cheaters. Be both cheaters, really. They beat the Yankees and the Astros. So look at them steamrolling through. And and I hope go Cowboys. They're playing the Cardinals Monday night. So that'll be an interesting game. But I hope the Cowboys win with Andy Dalton. Yeah, big one coming up for the Cowboys. Um, you feel for Dak. Hope to see him on the field mm-hmm. as soon as possible again once he's healthy next season and ready to go. But big chance for Andy Dalton here. Huge chance because if he leads his team – and we didn't mention that as much, but if I think if he leads his team to the playoffs, Andy Dalton is going to have an, a contract offer because there's enough NFL teams who aren't the brightest. He's going to go to free agency and go, wait a minute. Yeah, the Jets are going to go, Andy, three years, 60 million, come play. And I think that's what's going to happen. Gonna be terrible. And it's going to be awful. So I think Dalton, this is this is why he signed with the Cowboys. You know, obviously not because he knew Dak was going to have a gruesome right. injury, but he signed because – He's going to be the clear backup and has a chance with a good football team around him that if he gets his chance to play, he can earn a big contract. So we'll, we'll have to see where, where he goes from here. But your Cowboys, they're in first place again. So they can stay that way too. Weeks, so. I told you, Austin, they're going to win out. They're going to win out with Andy Dalton. They're going to win out. I, I will believe it when I see it. Well, <laughs> that is all for tonight's episode of midnight mania sports for george hathaway i'm austin dakuda thank you for listening and have a great rest of your night